G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. be a scary place, so many things that strike fear into our hearts, and yet over and over again, God says, do not be afraid. What does that mean? How does it work? Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and thank you so much for joining me again on Christianity Works. Today we're kicking off a brand new series of messages called Do Not Be Afraid because fear is something we all do travel through at some point. So let's head into God's Word and please do stay tuned because in just a few minutes I'll be telling you about our latest life application booklet. It's called Five Ways to Overcome Fear and I'd love to send you a free copy to help you live in the peace and the victory that Jesus died and rose again. To give you. I don't know about you, but as I look around, it seems to me that the world can be a scary place. Take spiders and snakes. I mean, depending on where you live in this world, they're either dangerous or they're not. Here in Australia, we are seriously overrepresented in the world's top 10 list of most venomous creatures. So when I was growing up as a child, I had good reason to be afraid of them. And still today, the idea of a spider crawling into my bed, it's one of the scariest thoughts I can come up with. Let me tell you a funny story. One of the most venomous snakes on the planet is the Death Adder. Great name, isn't it? When I was in the Army training to be an officer at the Royal Military College Duntroon, we were one day out doing some grenade practice, and that meant you had to sit in bunkers and the person who was throwing the grenade would go out and throw their grenade. Now, we had New Zealanders as well as Australians at the Royal Military College, and in New Zealand there are no venomous animals at all. So when the Kiwis come across the ditch to Australia, they are petrified of our snakes and our spiders. Well, one Kiwi, we call him Rock, um, I've got to tell you this death adder story. He went out of the bunker to go and throw his grenade and we had a dead death adder. So we positioned it in the bunker so he had to sit down right next to it when he came in. Well, he came in and he sat down and he looked at it and, and I've got to tell you, his legs were going before his backside was up off the log and he was, he was running out. We can laugh about it now, but the world can be a scary place, especially with friends like me. Uh, in my defence, I was a young man at the time. So this week, we're starting a new series on the program. It's called Do Not Be Afraid. There's a reason for that. There are lots of people in this world who spend much of their lives living in fear. Sometimes it's because they're living in a war zone. I mean, there are plenty of people listening to this program today who know that only too well. People in in the Democratic Republic of Congo, for instance, where, where there's war raging in parts right now. Some of those people are sitting in their homes listening to this program today, wondering whether they'll see tomorrow or next week or next year. Other times there are different life-threatening things that happen. We can have a health scare. The morning I sat down to prepare this message was the morning of a funeral of a friend of mine. Now, he was just a couple of years older than me and he died suddenly of a heart attack. 
It's easy to be afraid, and it rocks our confidence. And yet other people, they just live lives with a real sense of dread. There's always something there for us to be afraid of or to dread. There's always something lurking out there. For me, honestly, if I allowed it, I could be afraid of quite a few things. I mean, I have some things in my life right now that could cause me to experience fear. And that's the thing. It doesn't matter who we are or where we live or whatever. We all go through times of fear. And that fear can rob us of life itself. But time and time and time again, you read in God's word these words from God to his people. He says, do not be afraid. And he speaks them right at the time when the people he's talking to have every reason to be afraid. They've got people and circumstances coming against them and conspiring against them. And they're experiencing fear, and yet God wades in and says, Do not be afraid. Now, if God doesn't want me to be afraid when I have every reason to be afraid, you know something? I want to have a piece of his brand of confidence. Don't you think? I mean, think about it. What's the point of God saying, Do not be afraid, when we have no reason to fear? It's right in the middle of our fear that we need his confidence. I I definitely want that. How about you? Well, how can we have that confidence? That's a good question. That's what today's program is about. That's what this whole four-week series is about. Do not be afraid. So I invite you to come on a journey with me. We're going to start that journey with an account of a time when God's chosen people, Israel, had every reason to be afraid. They were in exile. They'd been living in the promised land for about 500 years, and yet they'd struggled with God. They'd worshipped idols and other gods, and eventually the Lord their God lost his patience. So in around 586 BC, the Babylonians, who were the dominant world power of the day, invaded Jerusalem. They destroyed the place. They destroyed the temple, the place where God's presence dwelt, and they took this remnant of God's people back to Babylon as slaves. Talk about a crisis of confidence. I mean, think about it. God made all these promises to Abraham and to Isaac and Jacob, and and then when Israel was enslaved in Egypt, he sent Moses and did amazing miracles and the whole Red Sea thing and the Exodus and the manna from heaven and everything that got them to the promised land. And when they got there, with Joshua as their leader, they fought battle after battle against nation after nation that was bigger and stronger than Israel itself. And yet God was with his chosen people and they took the land that God had promised them. And now, now Babylon wins. God's own temple's destroyed. Where's God? What happened? Are the Babylonian gods stronger than our God? They have a loss of confidence. It's a big thing. I mean, we hear people talk about shareholder confidence and consumer confidence. And that feeling when you go to sleep at night, you know, you have that falling sensation, you wake up in a panic, grabbing onto the bed. Confidence is the trust that the earth beneath our feet won't move. It's the trust that the stock market won't fall. It's the trust that the plane we're flying in won't fall off the sky. It's the trust that our governments will do the right thing. It's about trusting whatever. And then it's like the rig gets pulled out from under your feet and you lose confidence and panic and fear set in. Why? Because we no longer feel safe. We're no longer able to trust in the things that we've always trusted in. That's where Israel was. There was a complete loss of confidence in their God. 
Now, he was punishing them, but they couldn't quite see that. It's like they were flying in a plane at 32,000 feet above the ground, and all of a sudden, all the engines are silent. (laughs) Panic, fear, and fear enough, too. So what does God say to them right in the middle of their fear and panic? What, What does God have to say? We're going to take a look at that in a moment. Bernie Diamond, and you're listening to Christianity Works. I just want to take a moment during this short break to share something truly important with you. Like it or not, life doesn't always go the way we'd planned or hoped, and those difficult times can be fearful times. We each go through patches where we're gripped with fear, and some people, even those who believe in Jesus, sad to say, live with chronic fear. Wherever you're at in your life, I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet. It's called Five Ways to Overcome Fear, and it's full of life-changing practical Bible teaching to help you live in the peace and the victory that Jesus died and rose again to bring you. To request your copy, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, or give us a call toll-free on 1300 722 415, and I'll send your free booklet straight out to you in the post. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll free on 1300 722 415. All right, let's head back now into God's Word and pick up Israel's story. So here is Israel in this scary, fearful place. They've been in slavery, exiled in Babylon for the best part of three generations. That's a long time. There's only a handful of Israel's elders who can even remember Jerusalem in its heyday. So what does God have to say to these people of his who are cowering in fear under the yoke of slavery? If you've got a Bible, grab it and open it up at Isaiah chapter 41, beginning at verse 8. He says this, But you, Israel, my servant Jacob, whom I have chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friend, You whom I took from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest corner, saying to you, You are my servant. I have chosen you and not cast you off. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. See, the first thing that God does is he reminds them of his promises to Abraham. When Abraham stood in that promised land centuries before. This is what God promised him. Just flick back to Genesis chapter 15, verse 18. On that day the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying, To your descendants I give this land, from the river of Egypt to the great river, the Euphrates, the land of the Kenites and the Kenizzites and the Cadmonites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Rephaim and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Girgashites and the Jebusites. God's promise is that God had chosen them, God had chosen Abraham, their ancestor, God had promised this land, and God said, I will do this. Notice it's all about God. Do not fear, I am with you. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. The whole thing that God relies on here in talking to his people in their fear and in their despair is not who they are or how strong they are, or how clever they are, or how well they've done, because they haven't, they're there being punished. No, he's saying to them, look at who I am, my promise, I am your God, I am with you. 
But how does that help them? Isn't he the God who failed them 70 years earlier? Okay, so he sends them some prophet Isaiah to tell them this big deal. And that may well be what you're going through right now. You look at your circumstances, they're so fearful. Okay, so so God sends you some joker on the radio with a smooth voice who says, do not be afraid. But how can you put your confidence in that? It's exactly the same problem that the Israelites had. Their circumstances, the Babylonians, looked so much bigger than their God. I mean, you think about it in your head, and you know God's bigger than the things we're confronting, but in your heart, it's so hard to believe. In your heart, the fear is is destroying any confidence that you might have in God. God knew that. That's why he also said this to them. Have a listen to this. This is powerful stuff. So let's pick it up in Isaiah chapter 40. This is the chapter before the one we've been looking at, verse 18. Have a listen to what God says about himself. To whom then will you liken God, or what likeness compare with him? An idol? A workman casts it, and a goldsmith overlays it with gold and casts for it silver chains. As a gift, one chooses mulberry wood, wood that will not rot, then seeks out a skilled artisan to set up an image that will not topple. Haven't you known? Haven't you heard? Hasn't it been told to you from the beginning? Haven't you understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches the heavens out like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to live in, who brings princes to nothing and makes rulers of the earth as nothing. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely are they sown, scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth when he blows upon them and they wither and the tempest carries them off like stubble. To whom then will you compare me, or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. Who brings out their host and numbers them, calling them by name, because he is great in strength and mighty in power, not one of them is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord and and my right is disregarded by my God? Haven't you known... Haven't you heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. The creator of the ends of the earth. He doesn't faint and grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Do you see how powerful this is? God is saying, look, I am God. I created the whole shooting match. See those trillions of stars up there? Lift up your eyes. Have a look. Who do you reckon put them there? I know the Babylonians worship them. But I created them. They're out there every night because I tell them to march out there. This is me who's talking to you, not some crummy idol like the stuff that Babylonians worship. I am bigger than your circumstances. It makes absolute sense to put your confidence in me. See, God is speaking this stuff into the hearts of his people when they are afraid, when they have no hope and no future. God comes along and says, do not Be afraid, not because of who you are, not because of your circumstances. No, do not be afraid because of who I am. I will come to help you. I will fight your battles for you. I will be your God. I will keep my promises to you. I'm Bernie Diamond and you're listening to Christianity Works. As we take this short break, I'd like to tell you about a free daily resource that I'd love to send you to help you draw closer to God. It's called Fresh, a short daily devotional with a 
powerful scripture verse and some words of inspiration, hope and encouragement delivered right to the inbox on your smartphone, tablet or computer each and every day. Or if you prefer, you can now receive a printed version delivered right to your letterbox. It's completely free. To get instant access either to the digital or the printed version of Fresh, stop by our mobile-friendly website, christianityworks.com. You'll see the Fresh e-devotional sign-up right there at the top of the homepage. Or, if you prefer, give us a call toll-free on 1300 722 415 to request the printed Fresh devotional. It's completely up to you. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1300-722-415. So go ahead, sign up to receive fresh, and may your heart be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through His Word. All right, so we've seen how God dealt with Israel, how God spoke to them about the fear that they were confronting in what was a difficult place, no doubt about it. But it's one thing to talk about Israel way back then. It's another thing entirely to trust God when we're travelling through a fearful time. So let's swing the spotlight onto us now and look at what it all means for thee and me. The hardest thing I think in overcoming fear in life is actually getting to the point where we have a high level of confidence in God, in who God is, what he's done, his might and his power and his sovereignty. That all sounds great in theory. But what about the practice? What what about when the rubber hits the road? Then what? See, I used to think it was up to me, and I guess in part it is, but not completely. That's just as well. Because you and I, we're human. We can't conjure up confidence. We, we can't take this theory about who God is and let the theory somehow wipe away the fear because fear is real. Now, I need something more than that. I, I need something more than promises on paper. And fortunately, that's exactly what God had planned too. He didn't want to leave it all up to us. He, he wants us to actually experience his peace not our strength, but a peace and a strength that come from him and him alone. Let's pick up the rest of this story in Isaiah chapter 40, beginning at verse 28. This is what it says. Haven't you known, haven't you heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Great, there was the theory again. But now, now watch for what comes next. Verse 29, he gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted, but those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You see the point? The power and the strength, where do they come from? Do you or I conjure them up? No, they come from God. He gives those things to us. Why? Even youths will faint and be weary, and the young and the strong will fall exhausted. But, and here's the but, the glorious, wondrous, powerful but, but those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not grow faint. You know what it means to wait? 
It does not mean to wait with a bad attitude. It does not mean to wait with grumbling in our hearts and on our lips. It doesn't mean to stand there paralysed by fear either. No, it means to wait expectantly. To wait on God with, with the expectation that he is who he says he is and that he will do what he says he's going to do. To wait right in the middle of our fear. Boy, that's hard. With our emotions on a roller coaster, with our, with our enemies around us, with our hearts cast down, but with an expectation nevertheless that somewhere deep inside that God is going to act. Who knows? Will God give us victory over our enemies today? I don't know. I mean, there are more Christians martyred in the 20th century than in the whole 2,000 years before that combined. We all die sometimes. Is he going to heal this cancer or let it take its course? I don't know. But this one thing I do know, that those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. God is saying... Indeed, he's commanding us through his word today, do not be afraid. Instead, wait on him. You know, when we're waiting in fear and when we're waiting in pain and when we're waiting and it's uncomfortable and unpleasant, we want to grumble and whinge and complain and blame everyone else and, and have bad stuff coming out of our mouths and, and have grumbling in our heart. Isn't that what we want to do? We don't like being uncomfortable. We don't like being afraid. We, we just want it all to finish. God, what are you doing? Come on, move along. Let's get over this. But those who wait who wait expectantly for the Lord, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. See, come what may. If I'm diagnosed tomorrow with terminal cancer, I still am going to put my confidence in God, who has given me a life eternal with him. Because Jesus said to his disciples when they were afraid, listen to this, John chapter 14, verse 27. The peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I don't give it to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid. And yet, so far as we know, each of these disciples other than Judas went on to do mighty things for God and then, then they died for their faith. So often we're focused on the here and now, but God's plan for my life and for your life it's a life eternal. God's perspective is, a, is an eternal perspective. And that, that, my friend, is why you and I can put our confidence in him. When we're afraid, when we're in this place that's so scary, we can go to his word and say, you know what it says? It says here that, that those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. You know, you never feel big, you never feel strong when you're waiting for God. When we're afraid, we feel so small. You know, I think God means it to be that way. When we humble ourselves and we just come before God and say, God, I, I can't do this. I don't know. I, I'm afraid. I don't know what to do next. I'm just going to wait on you. I'm just going to wait for you. I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know if you're going to show up. I don't know if you're going to talk. I don't know. I'm going to put my faith in you and I'm going to wait on you. And I know my emotions are going to go up and down. I know it's going to be hard, but I'm just going to wait for my God. That's an eternal perspective. That's, that's a God perspective. 
Jesus had to put his faith in God. Jesus lay all his glory aside. And he was there in, in the garden in Gethsemane just before he was crucified, struggling. He was afraid. He was hurting. And he just put his trust in God. Do not be afraid. God gives us his peace. That's what this passage from Isaiah says. Those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. The strength comes from God. The mounting up with eagles doesn't come because we flap a lot. It comes because we waited on God. The running and not being weary comes from God. Do not be afraid. Take God's peace from him. Go and wait. Just go and wait before him and let him pour his love and his peace into your life. doesn't matter how big or bad or ugly the enemy is. It doesn't matter how fearful we are. It doesn't matter how dire the consequences of this particular situation might be. Why? Because God is the God who created the whole shoot and match. Every star in the sky, every part of creation, God created it. God has an eternal perspective. And when we wait on him, he gives us his peace. That's the promise. My friend, do not be afraid. Let your confidence rest in God himself. And then let him do the rest. Wait on the Lord and you shall renew your strength. Wait on the Lord and you shall mount up with wings like an eagle. That's the promise. It's a God thing. Before I go, there's something very important that I need to share with you. This program, Christianity Works, is encouraging so many people in over 160 countries to live in a rich, dynamic, powerful relationship with Jesus. But that's only possible through the generous support of friends like you. Each dollar that you give toward the ministry of Christianity Works today will help reach almost 3,000 people with a gospel message. So a gift of, say, $35 can touch over 100,000 people with the good news of Jesus Christ. That's amazing. So let me encourage you to give a generous, tax-deductible gift to Christianity Works today. You can do that right now, securely online, by visiting our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com or by calling us on 1-300-722-415. And listen, when you do get in touch, please don't forget to request your free copy of that life application booklet I mentioned earlier. It's called Five Ways to Overcome Fear. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll free on 1-300-722-415. Hey, thanks so much for your support and for joining me today. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again same time next week with another message of God's love, God's grace, and God's power for each one of us in Jesus Christ.
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.